scripture in John chapter 15 verses 1 to 17. John chapter 15 verses 1 to 17. This is what the Bible says. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father's loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you remain in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be complete and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. Jesus, we thank you for your word which is alive and it is sharp like a two-edged sword which goes in and separates between the body and the spirit. And God, we pray that your word will separate things in us that need to be separated. And God, I pray that may you speak to every single one of us that we, every single one of us can say that I heard God's voice today. To the glory of your name, Father, we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. Go ahead and have a seat. Um, just want to recognize uh, we have uh, two senior pastors uh, this uh, morning, uh, Pastor Yami from Blantai and Pastor Dali from Zuzu. Yeah, let's hear it for these guys. Thank you, guys. Uh, we, we love you guys, and thank you for being with us this morning. You are a blessing. Uh, the reality is that you and I were actually created for relationships, uh, which means that naturally all of us have a desire for attachment. We have a, dire, or a desire for attachment. We cannot live without being attached to someone or to something. In fact, of all the mammals, human babies... Uh, the only group of mammals that cannot survive if left by themselves. You know, you could, you, a cow can like give birth and, and the, that will survive. A goat can give birth and that kid will survive, like literally. You know, but human baby left by themselves, they cannot. You and I were created to be dependable, to be dependent. You and I, the reality is that all of us are attached to something or to someone. And even if you say, no, I'm not attached to anybody, I'm not attached to anything, the reality is that you are, you are attached. 
And the reason why we are attached or we see this need of attachment uh, is because all of us um, at the core of our being, there is a longing for belonging, that all of us want to belong. You know, attachment is not for the people that have got great relationships with their moms or dads or uncles or friends. Every single one of us has that need for attachment because all of us actually want to belong, you know. So we thrive when we don't just feel like we are part of a bigger group, but we thrive when we know that we truly belong there. Do you know that there are times that you could be a part of a group but don't feel like you belong there? Like you're a part of a church, but you don't feel like you belong there. You're a part of a school, but you don't feel like you belong there. You're, you work in this environment, but you're like, I just come in, do my work, get my check, and I'm out of here. I don't really feel like, you know, I belong here. Because belonging is not just to do with you being a part of a group. Be- belonging is more to do with you feeling like you are counted. With you feeling like you matter, your presence matters in that space. And because of that need for belonging, then we find ourselves that we easily get attached either to people or we get attached to something. So the issue is not whether you're going to be attached or not. The issue is that what is it that you're going to be attached to? Now, before you answer the question of what is it that you're going to be attached to, you need to answer the question of who. Who are you attached to? Because who you are connected to determines what you will be attached to. Who you are connected to is going to influence what you will be attached to. And there are things in our lives that we are attached to because either we learned them as we were growing up because we were attached to the parents who loved these kind of things. Or we are attached to this group of people that love these kinds of things. And therefore, we find ourselves, we embrace those things. So we will be, we will be attaching ourselves to something, to some things or to some people in our lives. And who you are connected to is going to influence what you're going to be attached to. Jesus affirmed this, this in John 15 verses 1. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. And then verse 4, he says, remain in me, so I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, but it, uh, but it must remain in me, in the vine rather. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and you guys are the branches. But your bearing of fruit is going to be determined on the reality of whether you're connected to me or not. If you're connected to me, you're going to bear fruit. But if you're not, actually, that's going to be cut off. You're not going to bear fruit at all. So you're connected to Jesus is going to determine what kind of fruit you will bear. Verse 2 and 3 says, He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Every branch that does not bear fruit is removed, but every branch that bears fruit, it has to be pruned. It has to be pruned. What that means is that who you are connected to not only determines what you will be attached to, but who you are connected to also determines what you need to detach from what you need to detach from. 
Because he says every single branch that bears fruit, there has to be some things that have to be removed, that have to be detached from that branch, that have to be pruned. What that means is that your connection to Jesus is also at the same time an invitation for you to detach from something that's not about him. Your connection to God is also an invitation at the same time inviting you to separate yourself from anything else that's not about God. When Jesus Christ says, follow me, what he's telling you at the same time is for you to unfollow any other thing, to unfollow the stuff that are not about him. When Jesus Christ says, embrace my lifestyle, embrace me, it means that you also need to let go. You need to surrender other things so that you can embrace his life. And I'm convinced, I'm convinced that our Christian walk is more about continually, continually detaching from things that are ungodly and continually attaching ourselves to Jesus. It's a process, it's a journey that you are on, that you and I are on this journey. That our reality is either we are detaching from something or we are attaching to something. Or we are detaching from something and attaching ourselves to Jesus. Or we are detaching from Jesus and getting ourselves attached to some things in our lives. Things that we are not proud of. Things that are not godly. So you are either going to attach yourself to Jesus or attach yourself to your idols. The idols in your life. But you cannot do both. You cannot bond with Jesus at the same time bond with your idols. You cannot. So you're either detaching from something and continually attaching yourself to Jesus or you're detaching from Jesus and you're finding yourself, getting yourself connected to some things that are not Christ. An idol is anything that takes the place of God in your life and that could be a good thing or a bad thing. Anything else that takes the place of God in your life, that is an idol. And you see this in scripture very often, that there is no point in our lives when we are not attached to something. And often Jesus Christ, his invitation to us is to be like, detach, 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 and attach yourself to me. That's his invitation. In Matthew chapter 11, 28, Jesus Christ gives, us a, gives out a call and he says, come to me. All you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. And then later on, he says, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is actually light and my burden is easy. Take it. Take it. What that means is that Jesus points out the reality that there's no time when we don't have a yoke on us. We always carry a yoke on us, but either we're going to choose to carry the light yoke, the easy one, which Jesus gives us. Or we're going to carry the yoke that brings this heaviness in us that's not of God. So there's an invitation on your life. Because you're either detaching yourself from the things that are not of God and attaching yourself to Jesus. Or you're actually detaching yourself from Christ. And you attach yourself to the things that have taken the place of Christ in your life. This is why it's very, very important for 
us as believers to do, to, to do an inventory of our lives. To do an inventory of our lives to check what is it in me that, that's taking the place of God. What is it in my life that's taking me away from Jesus, that I'm being more attached to other than Jesus. What is it? Because the call for you is that whatever that is, Jesus wants you to detach yourself from that and attach yourself to Jesus. So the solution, the solution to detach yourself from the things that you're not proud of, the solution is Jesus. The solution is Christ. Because closer to Jesus you get, the more you realize the things that you need to detach yourself from. When you get in the presence of Jesus, when you get closer to Christ, then he's going to begin to expose some things that you need to, de to be detaching from. Because when you fall in love with Jesus, it means you're also falling out of love with other things that are not godly. When you fall in love with Jesus, it means at the same time you're falling out of love with other stuff that are not of God, that you're not proud of. This is why. This is why closer to Jesus you get, the more uncomfortable you become. Because when you get to Jesus, he's going to expose this chaos in your life. You know, when you get to Jesus, he's going to expose some things in your life. You're like, whoa, and that's going to make you uncomfortable. But you're better off to be uncomfortable with Jesus than be comfortable without him. So that's his invitation. Like, come to me. Remain in me. That's what Jesus says. Remain in me. Keep being attached to me. Jesus says, stick with me. So we've got a choice. And when we remain with God, when we remain with Jesus, we are actually not trying to convince Jesus to remain with us. We're not trying to convince Jesus to stick with us. Actually, when, when we remain with Jesus, we're actually convincing ourselves of how much God loves us, how much he's already made a decision to stick with us. The problem is not on God's side. God is not detaching himself from us, actually. The problem is on our side. You and I are shifty. You know, we change. We run away. We find ourselves attaching ourselves to stuff that are not of God. So what if we were to take it just a little moment? Just take a little moment for yourself. What is it in your life right now? in this season that you need to detach yourself from? What is getting hold of your life right now? Something other than Jesus. What is it in your life? And if you were to take a step that would go towards Jesus, what would that step look like for you? Just take a little moment. In your life currently, what is it that's getting hold of your life that you need to detach yourself from? Some of us already know what that is. There's an invitation on your life. Jesus says you have to remain in me because who you get attached to will determine what you're going to get attached to. Who you are attached to is going to determine what you need to detach from. 
And Jesus says, remain in me. Remain in me. What is it for you? What is it for you? Let me just offer a prayer a little bit. God, I pray for your people. I pray for us, Jesus. That walking with Jesus is going to be something radical we do. The one just embrace Jesus as just a good teacher, a guy with good ideas. But we're not willing to put our lives on the line for him. That we're not willing to be sold out to Christ. And some of you are, are still attached to those things because that's all you have known and you feel safe there. And Jesus wants you to let that go. He wants you to let it go. Amen. Jesus says, remain in me. Now, remaining in God, I think, you know, often we talk about remaining in God, and I have preached about this, and I talk about this as well. Um, we only think about this in terms of, like, spiritual disciplines, you know, so, like, on a prayer, that means I'm remaining in God, I'm remaining in Jesus. When I read scripture, I'm remaining in Jesus, or when I give my tithe, or whatever it is, you know, and uh, we kind of, like, just think about remaining in God as the small moments we keep in the day where we are quiet before God's presence, you know, and then that, that, that's when we remain in God. But I don't think that's a true representation of Jesus Christ's invitation for what actually looks like to remain in God. Probably maybe the easier way to summarize this is that remaining in Christ means choosing God's way in the way that you live your life. Choosing God's way in the way that you live your life. That is remaining in Jesus. This is letting Jesus have a say in the way that you live your life. Not only when you pray, not only when you read scripture, he wants you to remain in him all the time. Because remember that Jesus Christ, he's talking to a group of people that are in the world, but he wants them to make an impact in the world. So his invitation is that remain in me when you're praying, but also remain in me when you go fishing. Remain in me when you're giving your tithe, but also remain in me when you're working, when you're at school. Remain in me. And the reality is that I think often we think that there are times when we are in God's presence and there are times when we are outside God's presence. So we're going to act differently when we are in God's presence and we're going to act differently when we are not in God's presence. But you are never outside God's presence. God is omnipresent. The God you believe, he's everywhere. He's omnipresent. He is with you everywhere you are. You are never outside God's presence. You're always present to God and God is present with you. So he wants us to remain with him in every single area of our lives. Every single area of our lives. Now quickly, why is this important? Why is it important for you to remain in Christ? I just want to point out a few things. You know, there's a lot of, like a thousand ways we can go with this passage because it's so rich. Uh, but I'm just going to mention just a few things. When you remain in Christ, number one, you understand your purpose better in Christ. You understand your purpose better in Christ. Verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you bear much fruit. Apart from me, you could do nothing. Apart from me, he could do nothing. And I was just reading that last part. Apart from me, he could do nothing. And I'm like, 
Uh, Jesus, I think we have an issue there because I can think of a lot of things I could do without you, you know? I remember the times when I was not a Christian and probably I did some things without you. I know some Christians, I mean non-Christians who are probably doing amazing things without you. Things that I, I would even say they're changing the world, you know? So like, what do you mean? Apart from you, we can do nothing. And I realize I think the problem that you and I have is that we see ourselves in light of what we can do. But Jesus sees us in light of what we could become. Jesus sees you in light of what you could become because he looks at your life and he says, man, if you are with me, if you were with me, if you were to stick with me, there is so much more here. You could become so much more. And in fact, whatever you think you're doing, apart from Jesus, which some of us might be like, yeah, I could do this Christian thing. I mean, I cannot do this Christian thing. I could do just my life without Jesus. But you are missing out because Jesus Christ has actually a better vision for your life than you have for yourself. Jesus has a better vision for you because he sees you in light of who you could become. And there's endless possibilities in that arena. You could become so much more. Jesus sees a purpose in your life. He sees you and he knows that in your life there is treasures. And, and Christ is so, he's so determined to work in you, to work with you, to work through you. But you cannot realize that. You cannot fully experience that outside Jesus. Apart from Jesus, you can't really truly live a life that God intended you to live. You cannot. That's only found in Jesus. So his invitation here is stop looking at your life in light of what you can do, which is what you and I do often. Begin to see yourself in who you could become in Christ. There is so much more for you. Don't just look at your life for the things that you can embrace, you could do. But Jesus Christ can do so much in you. He can do so much with you. He can do so much for you. He can do so much through you. That's how he sees your life. So when you remain in Christ, you begin to see your purpose clearly. You begin to see your purpose more clearly. Now, there are some of us that do not see ourselves in light of what we can do. We see ourselves in light of what we cannot do. I cannot do. I cannot get what I want. I cannot pay for tuition. I cannot go there. I cannot do this. I cannot do that. Jesus has the similar invitation for you. He never sees you in light of what you cannot do, but in light of who you could become. Jesus never sees you in light of what you cannot do, but in light of what he can do on your behalf. What he could do on your behalf. Now, finding your purpose or realizing your purpose in God partly is also about unearthing or unveiling what's already within, what God has already put within him. Verse 3 says, you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. You're already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. And I think some of us are trying to make ourselves clean. Some of us are trying to find God's love. Some of us are fighting for God's favor. But Jesus says, if you are in me, 
You're already clean. Jesus has already given you the freedom that you need. All you need to do is to be willing to live in the freedom that he has already given you. Jesus Christ has given you the kindness that you need. All you need to do is just to be willing to live as one Jesus has been kind to. Jesus Christ has already given you the forgiveness that you need. All you need to do is to live as one who has been forgiven by God. Finding your purpose in Christ. Remaining in him. Number two, you are more of a blessing with Jesus than you are by yourself. Verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you could do nothing. He says, with me, you're going to bear much fruit. You're going to bear much fruit. But outside me, there's no fruit there. In fact, there's death because any branch that does not bear fruit, gets what's happened? It's going to be cut off and be thrown into fire. So you will thrive in Christ. Now, being fruitful here does not mean you having a better life, having all the money you need, all the business opportunities you need, or getting all these stuff, you know, opportunities that you need. Actually, it's, it's beyond that. Because the idea of being fruitful is not actually for your benefit. It's for you to be a blessing. It's for you to be a blessing. You know, a, tree, a mango tree is not going to bear mango so that it feeds on these mangoes, on the fruit. No, that's not how it works. But it will bear mango so that it can be a blessing to all of us. And mango season is back, and we're eating a lot of that. Amen. Thank you, Salima and Mangochi. They start early. Jesus is at your life, and he reckons you could be such a beautiful blessing to those around you. You could be a beautiful blessing to this country. You could be a blessing in your community, but you must be willing to remain in him. Must be willing to remain in him. Now, ultimately here, uh, when you ask, well, the biggest question to ask in this passage is, what is the fruit? What, what is that, you know? What is the fruit? And when you read that passage in context, the fruit is actually love. That's the fruit. The ultimate fruit is love. You know, that you see in this passage. And we cannot love well outside Jesus. Because Jesus knows how best to love. Every branch that does not remain in me will not bear fruit that's going to be cut off. But every branch that bears fruit is going to be pruned. You know, pruned, being pruned is actually a sign of growth. That, you know, there's some growing that needs to be done and, and all growth actually, you know, demands that you shed off some things. If you want to grow, whatever area of your life you want to do better or win, you got to be willing to give up stuff. you got to be willing to shed off things, you know, that will not help you grow. So real growth is actually shedding off the unwanted so that you could be who God intended you to be. It's going to have to cut off, prune that tree. And second, real growth also means that, you know, it, a pruned branch is going to look good. It's going to look beautiful. But the idea is not that the branch looks beautiful. The idea is that the branch should be a blessing. Should be a blessing. We're not going to be pruned so that we look good. We're going to be, be pruned so that we do good. 
You know, and, 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 we, and sometimes we can be so concerned about looking good. But Jesus wants us to be more concerned about doing good. That we could be a blessing to other people. Remaining in Christ also means you realize a better way to love. You realize a better way to love. Verse 13 and 15 says, Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command and no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. I have made known to you. Jesus, you know, finally he talks about just the way he has loved us. You know, the way he has loved us is that he has laid down his life for us. And the way he has loved us that you and I, he calls us, you know, friends. Jesus Christ doesn't just love us with things. In fact, doesn't even love us with things. He loves us with his very life, with his own life. He loves us with his own life. You are loved by Jesus. You are loved by God. But I think often we fail to see, we are blinded to seeing God's love for us. And one way that we blind ourselves from seeing God's love for us is when we begin to believe that God is withholding something from us. When you begin to believe that God is withholding something from you, Jesus Christ says, no, there's nothing that I'm withholding from you. I've even given you my life laid. In fact, any single thing that I've learned from my Father, I've made it known to you. Everything. I have actually given it to you freely. There's nothing that I'm withholding from you. And there are some of us that are living our lives thinking God is not as gracious as he claims to be. God is not as kind as he claims to be. God is not as forgiving as he claims to be. Because we're thinking that God is withholding something from us. God does not really provide as other people claim that he does provide. Because I feel like he's doing everything else for other people but me. He's withholding something from me. The reality is that if you're going to live your life through the eyes of luck, you're going to see luck everywhere. You're going to see need around you. Luck, 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 luck. But if you're going to live your life through the eyes of abundance, you're going to see a lot of blessing around you. That God has given you all the things you need. The problem is when you see God as somebody who withholds something from you, the problem is, is that you're going to fail to trust him. Because generosity is directly linked to trust. Generosity is directly linked to trust. In fact, just a side note, if you want to increase your trust level, increase your generosity. Because in generosity, you're going to say, man, only God can sustain me. Only God can be with me. And when we see God as somebody who withholds something from us, we cannot trust a stingy God. We cannot. You cannot trust a stingy God. And I think we begin to mess up our lives when we begin to believe that God is withholding something from us. This is, if not, the first sin. Adam and Eve, they're in the garden, right? They're in the garden, and the devil comes to them and he says, hmm, why are you not touching this, you know? And they explain themselves, they're like, hmm, I know why. He is withholding something from you guys. You could be so much more. You could become so much more. You could be like God. And that's why he's withholding this from you. 
And when they believed that lie, that God was withholding something from them, they messed up their lives. In fact, they messed up our lives too, right? It's like, come on, you know? So, so we got to believe. We got to trust that God has given us everything in abundance. And finally, we are blinded to see that God loves us when we begin to see God as distant and not close to us. When we begin to see God as distant and not close to us. You know, Jesus um, says, hey, by the way, I no longer call you guys servants, I call you friends. Because servants do not know their master's business. That means servants are actually distant. They don't know what's going on in the house. But you guys are my friends. You guys are close to me. You know what's going on. You know what's happening. And I think some of us are living our lives as though God is distant. So God is far away. God is not invested in us. We are living our lives as if God is not interested in us at all. And for some of us, that could be for all kinds of reasons, but sometimes because of the pain that we have experienced, the hardship, the suffering that we have experienced, we can see at God thinking he's distant. He is not closer to us. But God is closer to you than you realize. God is fully present with you. God is fully present with you. How can you practice this? One way of a benefit that we get when we come and remain with Jesus is that we begin to realize that God loves us so much and we begin to let ourselves be loved by God. I think some of us just need to come in God's presence and let him just love on us. Let him just love on you. When you remain in Jesus, you will find out that he loves you so much. In spite of your mistakes, he loves you so much. He's for you. Another way that you can practice this is to be ready to grow. You know, one of the things that happens is that when you come to know Jesus, the gift, the, one of the gifts that we receive is a realization that I, I have some, some growing to do. That's what happens. You come to Jesus and, and he points us things in your life. So remaining in Christ is actually an opportunity, an opportunity for you to see your life in light of what it could be. To see your life in light of who you could become. And that's God's invitation for you. Just close your eyes for a moment. You could be here. Maybe you're giving up on God. You're giving up on God. Jesus has a word for you. And his word to you is remain in me. Stick around. Stick around. Don't give up. Stick around. It could be some of you that you are just like in a questioning season. You're questioning God's goodness. You're questioning if God loves you. You're questioning if God it can really be good as it claims. God's invitation for you is remain with me. Stick around. Stick around. Jesus says, remain in my love as I've remained in my Father's love. Jesus wants you to remain in his love. 
He has already loved you. You don't need to do anything else to gain His love. You just need to be willing to just dwell and remain in His love. And there could be somebody else here. And you know there are things that you need to detach yourself from. And you do not even have any connection with Jesus at all. You have not fully given your life to the Lord. You don't really think Jesus calls you as your friend. An invitation for you, Jesus says, come to me. Now I want to take just a bold step. I want you to pray a prayer, a simple prayer. If you don't have a connection, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, just pray, Jesus, I accept you into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Just pray that simple prayer. Jesus, I accept into my life. Forgive me of my sin. If you don't have a connection with Jesus, just pray that simple prayer. Jesus, I accept into my life. Forgive me of my sin. And the good news is that when you pray that prayer, you're going to realize that Jesus already decided to stick around with you. He already decided to be with you. If you have prayed that simple prayer, I want to just pray with you. If you pray that simple prayer, Jesus, I accept into my life. Just raise your hand. I just want to pray with you. Just raise your hand. Praise God. Just raise those hands. Jesus, I thank you for these brothers and sisters. God, we pray. You see them. You know them. You are for them. And you have given them an invitation that they can remain in your love. God, I pray that your spirit will cover them and help them lead a life that will help them to remain in Christ. And God, I pray for every single one of us that it's going to be clear to us that we will let go of the things that we are attached to. And allow ourselves to detach ourselves from those things so that we can attach ourselves to Jesus. We can fully embrace God's love for us. We love and we honor you, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Just give glory to God for our friends who have given their lives to Jesus. We're going to have our prayer counselors around. If you need prayer for anything, but also if you gave your life to the Lord this morning, feel free to go to any of these prayer counselors. Uh, we have Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, we have a Bibles for free to give you. But also, uh, we want to get you involved in something that will help you to keep growing in your walk with God. May we stand as we worship God one more time.